Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ferries na dhéanú úsle bána chnaic na na bóchaí all these various names the ferries have um, and they're in every culture all over the world um, that all was the little people by no means they can take many different shapes animal shape, human shape um, it was always believed that there was a different race of people and how they came about, well, people have always guessed. Naturally, people guess for things they're not quite sure of. People like to try to give an explanation. And just like Biddy Adley's bottle, the bottle she had, where did she get it? Nobody seems to know. Some people say it was from the fairies. Other people say it was from this, that or the other. But when you don't know... You'll invent a story if you if you if the worst comes to the worst. Of course you will, but the fairies, there's the mythological stories, which I imagine were written sometime in the Middle Ages. Uh, then there are legends to explain. Uh, there would be the stories that were told around the fire at night, and I always maintained that those stories were when 
storytellers were competing with each other. You know, my story is better than yours. Hold on a minute. No, you, you told that story? Well, no, I have a better story than that. And, you know, and there were very funny stories. Some of them were the stories about how the angels cast out of heaven and they are the fairies. And there's always a consistency about these stories. If you follow them up and follow them up afterwards, well, if the fairies today are the angels that were cast out of heaven, naturally they want to get back in. And since the only people who can get back into heaven are human beings, if they behave themselves, that would be why the fairies like to steal human beings, changelings, in order to get a little bit of that blood, you know, because they have no blood in them. How would they have blood? Because angels couldn't have blood. The only ones who have blood in them are human beings. So, you know, it makes a sense, you know, it goes around there. There is sense to that. The angels have no blood in them. So they'll try to get some human blood, hopefully fool God or fool St. Peter or whoever is in charge of the gate. But of course, there's a forlorn hope. It will never work, but if you're desperate, you'll chance anything. Because here they are, wandering, wandering forevermore in a kind of a limbo. They, they can't get in. They don't belong here. They belong nowhere, since they were thrown out of heaven the time they rebelled with Lucifer. But they weren't bad enough to be thrown into hell. So they're wandering, wandering. And uh, there's good stories about that. And that's one version of it. And I have collected quite a few of those kind of stories and how people try to protect themselves by whatever means from being carried by the fairies. And then you have it in other countries, some in, in various parts of the Celtic lands especially, there'll be small fairies, but some have it that they're not small at all, that they're like, they're like human beings. One old man used to tell me that he saw the fairies. Indeed, he only died a couple of months ago and he was a week short of a hundred years of age. And he said he met them. And I asked him, no, what, did I, what did they look like, Mick? And he said, the person sitting beside you could be one of them and you wouldn't know it. So, I mean, that would suggest that they're exactly like ourselves. So, I mean, they can be big or they can be small. They can take any shape they like because a lot of the stories you'd hear about the fairies have them as the black dog and other kinds of black animals, something dark. So they're obviously shapeshifters. And should you fear them? No, if you mind your own business. It's only when you're destroying or interfering with their property like a, a fort or interfering with a fairy bush or maybe blocking one of their paths like building a house on a fairy path is lethal you're going to have no peace in a house like that that's the only time you should fear them otherwise you mind your business they'll mind theirs but there are certain individuals among the fairies that we know of, such as the leprechaun. He makes the shoes for the fairies because obviously they need footwear too, if we're to believe the stories. And then there's the banshee, the fairy woman, who, who, who 
cries for certain Irish privileged families. They would see themselves as privileged to have a banshee. Uh, cries for a death in the family. And then there is the the Amadana Brina, the fool of the fairies. She was the one that, or he, sorry, was the one that, you know, when they'd be moving on November's Eve, especially from when they'd be moving from fort to fort, as a group, it was mainly when they were moving as a group that they were dangerous, that if he struck you, then there was no cure. And Biddy Early especially warned people about that, that she had no cure if he struck you. And Biddy could cure most things, but she had no cure if the fool of the fairy struck you. That's why people used to keep in on Halloween night, if they could possibly help it. Between 12 and 3 o'clock on Halloween night, I think, was the dangerous time. And if you had to be out, carry something holy with you. Crucifix or holy water or a black-handled knife to keep you safe from them. So there was, we'll say, protocols. <laughs> but most of the old people knew that and took according action. But you see, all that has been, not all, but most of that has been lost and people get careless and people... People, it seems, still pay a price for that, but you're not inclined to hear it nowadays because people are afraid they'll be laughed at. You know, it was a case of, come on, you don't believe that nonsense. But I'm never ashamed to admit that I do believe that. And you'll very quickly find that the laughter is inclined to fade because once people genuinely find that uh, there might be something behind this, then you'd be surprised the number of people who take it seriously. There is something under the surface with Irish people, or tends to be, that still lends itself to, to respect for these things. I would think that fairy stories are something pre-Christian. I have no doubt of it. No doubt of it at all. And I would say the same is true of in every country. There was something that was needed. Something that was needed because people always had that feeling, I think, that, look, we're not alone in this world. Because if you feel that way, sure, you might as well be a dog. Otherwise, you know, people felt that they, they needed God, a God. They needed, people felt that they had a soul and that there was another element to life after death and that there was something that you there are some things that you have to be careful about in life that you have to respect about life nowadays sadly not lot of that is being lost and that's why you see so much mindlessness and vandalism and craziness i think there's an awful lot of people have lost their value and values in life, and they don't know what they're doing with themselves. And it's a pity to see that, because sadly for some of them, you know, by the time they realise it, it's too late. They've wrecked their own lives, they've wrecked their health, they've wrecked other people's lives, and what can you say? It's, it's only a shame, but that's the kind of times we live in. 
the times we live in don't lend themselves to that kind of that kind of as I say respect and that's why you hear so much today of these movements of mindfulness and all the rest uh, and Eastern religions. We have our own religion that could do as much for us, except it has been abused. But there's nothing wrong with the religions we have we have here if it was followed in a proper way. We don't have to import anything. Nothing. But unfortunately, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, as the saying goes. They used to always say that the Shigui, the fairy wind, could be an example of him passing. And long ago, they used to say that when that would, it was little whirlwind coming. You'd see it in the summertime at a certain kind of weather condition. And when people used to see that coming, when they'd be making up the hay long ago, um, we'd say by hand, you know, rake, oh, this is done by machinery now, so you, you wouldn't take any notes of it in the meadow because machinery has taken over and time is money, as they say. But when all families would be out long ago making up and raking up, um, you would often notice this. It's still there, but people are too, too busy. Uh, they don't notice these things. But a man was telling me that... This family, they were out making up the hay, happened in West Clare. And this woman, she was raking, raking away, you know, a timber rake that time. And the shigui, down it came along the meadow. And what you were supposed to do always that time was throw yourself down, because that was the fairies, and if they knock, if, if that knocked you, you mightn't get up. Or if you did, you might be injured. So anyway, this woman, she didn't notice it. And even though her husband shouted, look, look, be careful, she never noticed whatever, I suppose she was concentrating on what she was doing. And God knows it knocked her. But she got up anyway and continued with her work, even though her husband asked her, all right, and the children were there as well, you know, they were all out, all out, working. It seemed to be fine. Time went on anyway. And the, the same woman, she was a great singer, and at that time, you see, the way, all the milking was hand milking. There was no such thing as electricity or uh, milking machines. There were years in, in the future. But this woman was a great singer. And she used to sing when she'd be milking the cows, which was a very common custom because they always said that if you sang to the cows, they'd always be easier to milk. But it was noticed after a while that she stopped singing. And they were wondering a bit, all right, is there something wrong? And there was, because she got sick and she took to the bed. And, of course, doctors were scarce at the time and they weren't rich people anyway and they had no money for a doctor. And the local women said, go to bed early. Now, they were in West Clare, and Biddy, of course, was down in Fickle, and that was a long journey. But he, he got the loan of a horse from somebody, a saddle horse, and he headed off. 
And, like I say, it was 25, 30 miles to Biddy from where he was living, but he went on and on and on anyway, and, of course, he knew his business as far as Ennis. But from Ennis out to Fiekel, he didn't know the journey. He didn't know that part of the country at all. But he was asking and he was asking, but there was a bother. The clergy that time had told people that if anybody shows the way to Biddy Early's cottage, they wouldn't get the sacrament. People had been warned, no, you're not allowed to show people to be near this cottage. <laughs> and, see, people obviously knew that he was, you know, you wouldn't be asking your way to be near his cottage unless you were in trouble. So people were cute enough. They wouldn't tell you the way, but they'd point the way. <laughs> and people were pointing him in that direction, in that direction. So anyway, he went on and he went on until he came maybe to Tuller thereabouts and, you know, they were pointing him out and pointing him out all the way towards Fakel. But he came to this forge anyway, which wasn't too far away, and he asked the people around the forge, you know, where, where could I find Biddy's cottage? And, you know, they pointed him again, you know, that he said nothing, but... <clears throat> Anyway, he, he, he came to a crossroads and got left it. Which way would he go now? And at the time that he came to the crossroads, one of the children coming from school, whatever school it was. And so he came up with the children anyway and he started talking to them and talking nice to them and nice. And there was this little boy and obviously his sister, who was a bit bigger than him. They were hand in hand. And, you know, he was, oh, how was school today? And who's your teacher? And, all, you know, giving him nice gab, plamos. And then, as quick as you like, he asked the little fella, and by the way, he said, young lad, where would I find Biddy Ellie's house? Of course, the young fella, as quick as you like, never suspecting anything. Oh, he's over, she's over there, sir, above and uh, on the right-hand side. And the sister gave him a dagger of the elbow, you know, but it was too late, it was too late, but... Now that he knew, thanks very much, young lad. And he reached into his pocket and he gave out a couple of pennies, you know. And there was a scramble across for the pennies and he left them there anywhere on the road. And on he went and he found Biddy's house and he tied the hospital out the road onto a bush. And he went up and there was a couple of people there before him. A couple only, he was lucky because normally there'd be a big queue there. Must have been very early, say, in the morning. I suppose the children were going to school rather than coming. And he went, but anyway, he went up and he waited, took his turn. And then, when he was next, there was Biddy at the door, the half door, as it was. And she invited him in. He knew who he was, said where he came from. You're the man from West Clare. And your wife's sick. Come in, of course, he was flabbergasted. How did she know? But she'd always know, she'd always know, and that's what used to frighten people. But anyway, she brought him in and gave him the tea, sat him down, and he explained about the wife and the, the she-gree and how she had stopped singing and all the rest of it. And she says, I know all about it, she said, I know all about it. She said, look, you have a problem. Since you came here to me, she said, your wife is dead. Poor man nearly fell off of the chair. And she's dead a good while before that, he said. The woman that's there inside in the bed, <laughs> he said, that's a fairy woman. There's a fairy woman that you're living with for a good long time before this, she said. And when you'll go home now, 
what you'll do is, if you want to see your wife, do you want to see your wife again? Oh, Christ, he said, he said why wouldn't I? Of course I want to see my wife. He was still in shock, they say, that what he was living is what, what, wasn't his wife at all, but only a, a fairy woman. All right, he, he said, if you want to see your wife again, go home, go home, and they'll be waiting for you at home, you know, sympathising with you. But, she said, get a stick, and I, I get it for you now, I get it for you now. And she went out, and she reached up under the thatched, the thatched roof, and he was there watching on the side, and she pulled down an ash plant, and she bent it over her knee like that, <clears throat> and she obviously wasn't satisfied, and she stuck it up again. And she pulled down another one and she bent it and she wasn't satisfied. And she pulled down a third one and she tried it over her knee. Ah, she said, take that home with you. And the woman that's inside in the bed, the thing that's inside in the bed that looks like your wife, bit the life out of it with that. And I'll guarantee you, you'll bring back your wife. You know, what's the poor man? <laughs> confused? I'll tell you who was more than confused. But anyway, anyway, you didn't argue with Biddy. And he, he, I suppose he, I don't know what he did, but he put his hand in his pocket, I'm sure, to pay her. But no, no, she said, do what I told you and you'll be all right. And off he went, a long journey on the horse. But she said, before he left, don't. Don't touch the ground before you leave or let that touch the ground. Go on. He went as fast ever as he could back through Innes, back, back all the way towards Milltown, most of the journey to Milltown. And when he arrived into the yard, sure, there was a crowd there, his own relations there. And out to meet him, out to meet him, and they're sorry for your trouble. And all he did was to scatter them in front of him, jumped off of the horse, in and into the room, and he started. He started welting and welting and welting the thing inside in the bed, and the people were there, and they were crying to see out of his mind. What, what? And they tried to hold him back. Keep back, he said, or I'll give you the same medicine myself. And suddenly, the thing inside in the bed, you know, the woman that was dead, as they thought, sprang up, out of the bed, out the back door, and off like that. And the people there, look, holy Christ almighty, they were thought they were looking at a ghost. Huh? And they're there with their mouths hanging. And then suddenly, in the front door from, they didn't know where, walked his wife. And as healthy looking as ever she did. And she, and she looked dazed, dazed, as if she had woken from her sleep. Now they were afraid of her. They thought she was a ghost. But he took her by the hand, and her hand was warm. And... Brought her in, sat her down by the fire, and made a cup of tea for her, and she was fine. She talked, even though she had a faraway look in her eyes, but she talked, and she couldn't tell where she had been, though. But that woman lived for the next 25 years, and they said she was buried afterwards behind in Ballard Cemetery. She had two or three more children and lived out of natural space into 80-something years. But Biddy brought her back and they said it was the she she was going to be took by the fairies and would have been only for Biddy.
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.